Welcome to KC Corner, episode 19. Have a little bit of a different episode for you guys. We're joined by Jeff's longtime friend, Thomas Brown. So Jeff is going to give him a quick interview, and then we'll get into our usual show, and we're excited. Let's go. Yeah, Brooks, I'm always excited about KC Corner, but today, I've never probably been more excited than today, and I... uh, I uh, will tell you why. But first of all, Brooksy, happy birthday to you, oh, my hey, man. Hey, so yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, Brooks had a birthday. So uh, hey, a special welcome to Thomas Brown. Thank and you. there's so many things I could say about Thomas, but let me just start off by saying when I grow up, I want to be like Thomas Brown <laughs> because this is like the coolest dude I have ever met. Thank you. And I've had a lifetime of meeting cool dudes, but but Thomas Brown is just up there. Um, it's it's interesting. I'm not gonna give him the permission, the ability to speak for himself about his own biography. I want to tell it because I love him so much. But Thomas Brown's a pastor's kid. Uh, he grew up a PK in Avon Park, Florida. Um, an amazing story. Uh, he uh, was educated at FAMU and uh, married one of the most amazing people that I have ever met. Beautiful. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, wife that he has who's an educator beverly is one of the smartest community leaders educators incredible woman of god they raised two boys uh cory and brian um and my, my brother uh worked for ibm out of college uh maybe you've heard of a little company called ibm you know and so you know, Thomas, I worked right out of college for the phone company, and you had to one-up me, like all things in life, you know, <laughs> working for IBM. But like me, um, in the midst of the business career, uh, Thomas got called to ministry, and uh, he got called to plant a church, Redeeming Light Church in beautiful, historic Eatonville. And uh, not only did he plant a church, but he, he had several ministries of keeping up and ministries to the community that have been amazing. And uh, he's a business owner now, a businessman, uh, a man with a great mind, a great heart, a great friend. Uh, And Thomas, again, thanks for joining me, brother. And more than anything, thanks for being my friend, man. Thanks. Thanks for being my brother in Christ. And and so, um, and again, as we, as we meet today, uh, and just in light of what is happening in our world, you know, with, with George, George Floyd, uh, you know, with Ahmaud Aubrey, with, with uh, some of the tragedy, the brutal tragedy of what we are seeing uh, around us today. I just wanted a conversation with a friend and somebody that I know and love and trust. And Thomas, you, you have shown me a world I've never seen before, um, a world through your eyes. And you know, you and I have a lot of common ground, uh, the blood of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, pastors, RTS, RTS, Reformed Theological Seminary. I mean, so many things that connect us at a deep heart level uh, and some things we can't even share on here. So we're going to keep some of those things secret. But uh, my, <laughs> exactly. My brothers helped me out in lots of ways. But anyway, you really you really have, Thomas, um, you know, I'm a. I always, I often say that I'm just a little boy from upstate New York, and uh, who now lives here in Central Florida, and, and, and in many ways was sheltered. It was sheltered from a lot of things. Uh, maybe growing up in the Northeast, I mean, we got our own issues up there. We really do. But um, you know, I just didn't realize some of the racial strife. Uh, I was ignorant, and I'm not asking for an excuse with that. Mm-hmm. But 
but you know coming down here um i i saw things i just didn't see before and even seeing them you know i see them through the lens of my eyes that god has given me i mean he's i'm a obviously a white male and uh but i remember some of the stories that you have shared with me just about your life i mean again it wasn't even anything um you know, it was just you sharing life with me that God used to really open up my eyes. So um, if you don't mind, uh, you know, maybe I'll even give you a chance to just say a few things before I even ask you some questions. But um, but thanks for coming. Is there anything you want to jump in to say? You want me to start asking questions? Well, I, I would like to to say thank you, Jeff and Brooks, uh, for this opportunity. Uh, I am so blessed to have Jeff in my life mm -hmm. and now Brooks also yeah. part of the, my life. Yeah, uh, it is. It has been a blessing, Jeff. You have been such a blessing mm. to to me, and this relationship is. I mean, when we even when we first met and cultivated yeah. sure. our friendship, uh, it has proven to be such a blessing to me. I feel like you're more blessing to me than I am. <laughs> I don't believe uh, it. And so I thank yeah. you for this opportunity. Oh, listen, thank you, and I love you, brother. I really yes. do. You're, you're a treasure in my life. So, you know, let me start off with a story. Um, I, I, you know, you, my, my brother and his wife, uh, Beverly and Thomas, they, they uh, have a uh, fifth wheel. They love to travel, see God's creation. And, and I, I remember you told a story about being up in Tallahassee yeah. and uh, um, getting up one morning and going for a jog, mm -hmm. and, which you have every right to. And I just remember the way you were treated. Um, uh, it just left an indelible mark on me. Can you, can you share a little bit of that story yeah. for us? Sure. Uh, yes, my, my wife and I, we've been traveling uh, in our RV for 14, 14 years. This year makes 14 years. How many states have you seen? We only have three states left. That's awesome. And we uh, that includes, now we have, of course did not drive to Alaska, at least right. that's on my bucket list, but we took a cruise to Alaska <laughs> nice. and we flew to Hawaii. So we only have three states left wow. that we have not been to. Wow. Uh, but we have been traveling in our RV for 14 years. And matter of fact, if it were not for the pandemic, I would not be sitting exactly. here. Exactly. Right now we, we'd be on the road. Yeah. Because we're usually gone the entire summer. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, we, we love traveling. Nice. We, I mean, absolutely love it. You know, you got to clearly have a good marriage, brother. If you could travel in an RV for 14 <laughs> years, man, there's there's something beautiful happening there. I love yep. it. Yeah, awesome. last year we did a cross country. We drove all the way to the Oregon coast. Wow, it was absolutely wow. beautiful. That's fantastic. It hey, was a real experience. Nicely wow. done, saying Oregon, because usually when people aren't from Oregon, they say Oregon, <laughs> and so uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was that's a cool. wonderful experience. I mean, just beautiful. The coast of Oregon is absolutely. I mean, just words cannot describe. Yeah, it's incredible. So it was Isn't wonderful. It? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tell us about the time in Tallahassee. I mean, yes, I'm uh, sure it wasn't unique, but that just stuck out to me. Yeah, it's it was it was because you know I walk. Yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm a walker. I, I I usually walk like three to four miles, six days a week right. for health's sake, as well as just to meditate. Just walking is like a, an extension of my daily devotion because mm. I just you know just walk and meditate. Yeah, awesome. So this particular day we we were in Tallahassee, which and we were there for a seminar. And then we were planning to, to leave the seminar and then drive to the inauguration. This was 2009. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. This was President Obama's first inauguration. Yeah. And uh, so I was out, you know, walking in this, this uh, RV park. And this uh, woman, this white woman, and this man uh, came up on a golf cart <clears throat> and, and told me I was trespassing. <laughs> and, and I said, I, I'm not trespassing. Yeah. And um, and we just kind of went you know, back and forth. 
it, it was very humiliating. I went back to my, I went back to my campsite, told my wife about it. And my wife, uh, immediately, we both went to the campground office. They were very, very apologetic. Uh, but it was, a, it was very, very humiliating. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't speak. I didn't even speak to anyone. I was just was yeah. talking. Yeah. My own business. So that was that was one of my experiences. And you know, one thing about RV in, the, in RVing, there are not a lot of minorities, right? In or uh, that do RV. Um, I mean, there are some, but you don't see a lot of us RVing, right? So I and it's, it happens to be one of my hobbies. I love it. Yeah, I still love it. That's great. I'm not going to let any of my experiences, bad experiences, stop me Good from for you. enjoying it. Uh, and that's not the only time that I've experienced that. Mm. You know, it's interesting. It just the kind of, I don't know if irony is the right word, but here you had that horrific experience yeah. that someone just uh, judging you uh, because of the color of your skin. That's the way I feel, yes. And yeah. and yet you're going to go and have one of the most incredible experiences. I, didn't you, did you take your boys up for that experience of the no. inauguration of, was no. it just you no, and Beverly? No, by that time. Okay, I didn't know. But I remember talking to you actually at the inauguration. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, how amazing that was yeah. of having an African-American uh, president. Yes. And, uh, um, and yet here you have, you want to celebrate the reality of, gosh, it seems like we've come a long way yeah. to say, at the same time. Yeah, that, was, that was a slap <laughs> in my face. It's like, it's like <laughs> golly, on the way up there, you know. Um, you know, you recently said something to to Katie and me um, that, again, kind of haunted us. Uh, you know, when I asked you to come and to speak, um, you shared that when you raised your boys, when yeah. you raised your boys, uh, um, you had to kind of help coach them of, of what it was like, uh, especially if they were pulled over by yeah. someone. Can, can you just elaborate a little bit sure. about that, please? And, and it's not unique. It's not unique to my family. Mm -hmm. uh, Matter of fact, if you talk with most African American families, and not only African, but just people of color, uh, they'll probably say the same thing that they've taught their sons. Now, if I, I don't have any daughters, but I, I think that if I did have a daughter, uh, I probably would not have to have this conversation with my daughters. Mm. Uh, but with my sons, as well as I've heard other, you know, many other of my friends who've had the same conversation with their sons, um, I always taught my sons that. When you when you when you're stopped by a white cop, a white police officer, you say yes, sir, and you get out their faces. They're not mm. your friends. Mm. Mm. Get out their faces. Mm. Say yes, sir. Uh, cooperate and move on. Right. Because they're not your friends. Mm. Um, so whenever they whenever they would go walking and things of that nature, we would always be concerned: Are they going to make it back safely? Mm. Uh, when they would drive back to college, I think I'll be all right. Um, so it's, it's those kinds of conversations that we have had to have with them. I used to, we used to tell them frequently, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to spank you because I love you. Right. And I would rather do it than have you to meet some. And I'm not saying that all white cops are evil. Sure. By no means. Sure. Am I saying that? But I had to, that's one of the things I had to teach them is that I love you. Right. They may not love you. Some evil sure. cop may not love you. So therefore, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I need to do to, right. to make sure that you are trained, are trained appropriately. Yeah. 
So, yeah. I think having you and Beverly as parents, man, that's like winning the lottery, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. So, Brian and Corey, I don't know them well, but, you know, uh, I yeah, know that Christ is... grown now, college educated. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome, yep. Thomas. Yep. That's that's incredible. Paying their own bills. Well, you know, just even um, when I saw you on Monday um, at a funeral for a mutual friend's mom, and... You know, we went with a dear friend of ours who's black. I mean, she's not African-American. She was born in Belize. Okay. And so, um, but she talked about her her walking schedule here in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. that she walks in different directions, you know, just to kind of keep as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't mean to be ignorant, but I'm like, seriously? I mean, today, I mean, my dear sister in Christ... You got to think about, and she talked about her son, you know, and what he um, has to make sure that he's protected from as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, you know, Thomas, there's a few things uh, I can't speak for everybody, but again, you know me. And again, my heart breaks mm-hmm. for so many of these things. And I love you, brother. And Thank you. You've had to, I love you, you you've had to bear some things yeah. so unfairly. And again, I, I want to say I'm sorry. Again, mm-hmm. it, it, so it's, it's just as... Uh, it's just not fair. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but with that, let me tell you, for me personally, there seems to be right now a lot of pressure that uh, that um, as a white pastor, that we have to say something uh, about what's happening. And let me tell you, I, I watch, I couldn't watch the whole video of George Floyd. It's too brutal. And, and I... It's brutal in many ways. And I really believe no matter what color George Floyd was, it's brutal. I mean, you know, it's just awful and wrong. And, and it was murder. I mean, the poor guy's on the ground with, with handcuffs. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure right now that if we are silent, we're complicit, you know, we're, you know, you can't remain silent, which I could understand that. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like there is um, a politically correct bandwidth in which we can respond. You know, if, if you know, you, how, how do you respond? And to me, honestly, I don't care about what the world thinks about responding. I want to care about what Jesus, um, our, our God thinks about how I respond. But I really, I rather know how is it helpful for you um, as far as having a white friend? What, what What's appropriate response uh, or, or not response? And not that you speak for you know, mm-hmm. all African-Americans, Thomas, but um, I, I wish I could tell you how much pressure there is to say this right. And it almost is like, I can't, so I won't say anything necessarily because mm-hmm. I don't want to offend, but I just want to do what's right before the Lord. And so I know it's a kind of a loaded question, but what, what do you think is an appropriate response? Well, <clears throat> I, great question. Uh, let, let me answer that. Let me attempt to answer that question this way by, by sharing another experience, which was which was even more heartbreaking than what I experienced in Tallahassee, which is where I graduated from college with my yeah. bachelor's degree. Um, I was in Avon Park, which is where I was born and raised. Sure. And uh, my wife and I, we went, we took our RV to Avon Park because my we were having my uncle's funeral, my mother's brother, right. funeral. And my family asked me if I would provide the eulogy. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were at this campground in Avon Park, and I told my wife, um, 
I said, I'm going to go walking. This was right before the funeral. I'm going to go walk. I'm going to go walking in the, the campground. And I just need to just get my mind right for, you know, to do the, my uncle's eulogy. And so as I'm walking around, this, this woman, this white woman uh, approaches me on a golf cart. And she says, hey, where are you from? And I said, ma'am, that is, that is not your business. That's not your business mm-hmm. where I'm from. And she said, don't get smart with me. I call the cop. Mm. And she called the cop. And um, she said, there's this guy here that's, that's getting smart with me. Mm. And she followed me. I kept walking and she, she followed me all the way to my, camps, my campsite. Unbelievable. And I called my wife before I got to the, my campsite. I called my wife. I said, meet me outside the RV. Stay there until I get there. And when I got off the phone with her, then I called the cop. And I said, there's a woman stalking me. Yeah. Um, and so I hung up the phone. And when I got to my campsite, my wife told me to go in the RV. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Thanks for sharing. So I went in the RV. She stayed outside. I can't. Our campsite, sitting in the golf cart. She stayed in that golf cart in front of our campsite until the cop showed up. And um, and so when the cop got there, my wife told me to stay in the RV. The cop said, you know, let me talk to her first and then I talk with you, sir. And so she 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 gave her side. She, you know, told me you know, he was getting smart with me mm-hmm. and all. And, <clears throat> and then the cop asked me, you know, my side. I said, I didn't, I didn't do anything to it. I was just outside walking. I am, I rented this campsite. Yeah. Um, and then I, he was a Hispanic cop. And he said to this lady, uh, well, not lady, woman, um, mm. that this man does not have to tell you where he's from. Yeah. He doesn't know you. He's a stra- He's a, you're a stranger to him. Right. Uh, and then not only that, but when you think about an RV park, now, of course, now, this is not the cop saying this, but when you think about an RV park, yeah. an RV campground is a transitory sure. place. Absolutely. People are coming, constantly going in and out. So needless to say, when I went to the funeral, I was just oh, so angry. I bet. I was, I had to compartmentalize my anger, my frustration, my humiliation, my embarrassment. And, provide a eulogy mm. for my uncle. Unbelievable. To answer your question, Jeff, my answer would be this. I don't have the solution, but I know this. I'm not the problem. No. Mm. I'm not the problem. So in both of the situations, both of my experiences that you that we have highlighted today, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I can't, I don't know the solution, but mm. I do know this. Mm. I'm not the problem. Mm. Amen, brother. No, you're part of the solution, brother. And I'll tell you what I mean by that is, I mean, in Christ Jesus, I mean, mm. we are to be a city on a hill. I mean, the blood of Christ has truly united us and cleansed us and made us who we are. And of course, you're not the problem, you know? And so, uh, and I and I think going back, I don't know either, Thomas, is like, how do we, how is, as, as a Christian pastor, as someone who has surrendered his life to Christ, how do I lead my flock in a way that is most honoring to our great God? Uh, well, you know, let me, let me back up and hit pause and say this. 
I love the fact that in Jesus's high priestly prayer at the very end of his life, what is he praying for? He's praying for oneness. He prayed that we would be one as the father and son are one. Mm -hmm. And so here, this is so important for him. And then when you get to the end of the story, the book of Revelation, it says every tribe, tongue, nation, and people are going to be there. And I, I love the fact that God is not going to change the reality that there's every tribe, tongue, nation. And, and it's a beautiful thing that's represented. There's, there should be oneness in the gospel without being homogenous, without all being white, all being black, all being whatever. I mean, God has made us in that beautiful, you know, distinctions and, and uh, you know, celebrate that who we are, but try to be one in Christ Jesus. And so... You know, I know our flesh, our sin, our society divides us, but I truly believe the cross of Christ Jesus unites us. And so, um, yet at the same time, Thomas, you've had experiences that that I break my heart, but I've never had, and I I never will. Um, I, I just won't. I mean, they might pull me over for being a knucklehead or yeah. or something else, but you know, I, I'm. Unless I'm in an all-black area and a white guy shows up, mm -hmm. you know. Hey, I was in a congregation uh, Monday right. where um, I looked around. I think there were five white people mm -hmm. in the entire place. I never once felt uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I never once felt out of place. I never once felt like I didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's because we worship Jesus together. It was a beautiful thing. And uh, um, so... You know, I, I feel like uh, coming back of just, if nothing else, to hear these stories. Because I got to tell you, Thomas, usually if you're white, there's usually a, a reaction too. It's, you know, hey, not all cops are racist or, you know, or something that kind and, of. And not all whites are racist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, you know, and even if you start interrogating, you know, what did George Floyd do? I don't care what he did. Because yeah. I'm telling you, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't justify ever putting a knee on someone's neck for mm -hmm. eight minutes. I mean, that's, um, uh, again, that's just horrific. So um, how about the church, brother? It seems well, like, you know, what, what, what do we, how do we help the church through this? I was, it, it, to, I was reading this morning the, the Word of God where it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, yeah. but of love and power. And Self-control, yeah. Mm. Um, and and I, also, I also meditate and reflect on, on Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. Yeah. Was, he prayed that we would be one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just do not understand how the body of Christ can act oblivious mm. to the fact that we are divided. Mm -hmm. I cannot, I do not understand the lack of, of courage, the lack of just opening your eyes and saying something mm. about the division, mm. uh, the lack of speaking against evil, especially when the leadership is not mm. saying things that will bring unity right. and healing. Um, I, I, do, I do not understand that. I mean, how can we say that we are Christians yeah. when Jesus said that by our love for one another, would people know that we are his disciples? Yeah, amen. Not by how we quote the Bible. Yeah. Not by 
if we are Republicans, Democrats, Evangelicals, sure, it's about love for one another. Mm. And and then the Bible also talks about if your brother is hurting, then we should we we're supposed we we have a responsibility mm. of sharing our the burden the burden of those who are hurting. Uh, I. I don't. I just don't understand how we could just be oblivious and lack courage to mm. stand up mm-hmm. when our brothers are hurting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I'm not. And I, and then not only that, but I also recognize our responsibility. Those who are hurting, we have to also recognize our responsibility that we can't that we can't judge everybody and put everybody mm. in the same category. Sure. Uh, everybody is not just because they're white is not a racist mm-hmm. or insensitive or a privileged. Right. Uh, we, we cannot, everybody that, it, because they're white doesn't mean that they are not courageous. I mean, I think right. what you're doing now mm-hmm. is courageous uh, in speaking mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So we have to also, you know, recognize our responsibility that we don't, that we don't categorize mm-hmm. stereotype sure. people. So when, when I think about the body of Christ and what we're supposed to do, yeah, we, it's been, it's been clearly stated. Mm-hmm. We don't have to come up with a new plan. Sure, it's been stated. Yeah, this is how the world would know that you are my disciples. Mm. This is how the world would know that you are my disciples. Yeah, it it we it's not legislation. It's not it's not the government. Right, the body of Christ recognize. I mean, we we have to recognize division. Yeah. And there is division yeah. in the body of Christ. You know, you started off by quoting Second uh, Timothy by saying, you know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. uh, but of power, love, and self-control or, or yes. sound mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's fear. I really do, brother. I think it's fear. I think that we've let fear take away uh, the power of the gospel yeah. to do what we are supposed to be doing is loving one another, mm-hmm. um, as, as, you know, in... in incredible ways and you you mentioned again of kind of carrying one another's burdens i mean kind of weeping with those who weep mourn with those who mourn and i think that that's a privilege Mm -hmm. i mean it's not it's 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 not just a responsibility but it's a privilege i mean it's been a privilege knowing you thomas it's a my life is richer because you have shown me Things that I haven't seen, and some of it's really ugly. Mm-hmm. You've shown me some beautiful things too, brother. You know, <laughs> you know, we still have this love for like gadgets that we have, and you know, we always compare who's got the latest iPad or the latest whatever. And so, I've loved my brother with that. But you know, I my life is better and richer. It's kind of like I've had the privilege of going on mission trips, and I've met brothers and sisters in different places that think different, process different. I mean, they their whole experience is different, but. But boy, the love of Christ, I mean, what Christ has done has brought us together. And to see the world beyond your little view, I mean, I think that that's, it's, it should start with a gospel lens, but then God, God has given us somebody, brothers and sisters like, yeah. like that. So, and that's, and that's the key, Jeff, uh, is, is getting to know one another. Yeah. Uh, you, I appreciate what you have said, and that goes vice, vice versa. Uh, you just getting to know you has also given me a different perspective mm-hmm. uh, that I can't categorize everybody because when I think of Jeff, yeah, when I think of, I have other wonderful, wonderful people in my life who do not look like me. Right. They're not the same color. Man, I want to look like you, and bro. So You're the coolest guy to, going. <laughs> I have to all, you know, I have to think, I have to consider that when I am tempted 
to stereotype or to be prejudiced sure. because we have our issues too. Yeah. Uh, we can be prejudiced as well. So, and, that, and that's the thing, you know, as, when I think about even my experiences, these, these women who approach me in golf carts and accuse me of trespassing or accuse me of being disrespectful and call the, and call 911 on me, you, you don't know me. Yeah. You, you don't know anything it about me. It didn't take the me. time to try to figure out anything else. You didn't take the time to Didn't you, care. Invite me over for coffee. Yeah, didn't care. Just, just, you, uh, just judge you by the way you look, brother. Exactly. Um, so it's just a, a, it's, it's a matter of getting to know one another. Um, we have to be intentional about coming out of our, our, our walls. Yeah. And I've seen that with you. I think you have been intentional. I mean, yeah. you, I think that you know you've been intentional with a relationship with me. And again, over the years, there's been times where we've been closer together than yeah. not. But yeah. there's always and been. And there's been times that we've had we've had to talk about uncomfortable. Yeah. Things. Exactly. So I mean, but that's all. Those are valuable conversations. Yeah. Uh, I I just admire so many uh, white brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who who are reaching out. Who have uh, who have all and this is nothing new. I mean, I look back even during the civil rights movement, there were a lot of, of white white preachers that were you know just mm-hmm. as involved speaking out against racism, and you know even to, and it's just so sad that here we are in twenty twenty. Yeah, and we still is it is it is it is it much better now? It is so sad. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes, uh, uh, Tony Dungy. uh, I read something that he wrote uh, about this situation. One of the most admired men in my life, Tony Dungy, Mm -hmm. African American football coach, Mm -hmm. believer in Christ Jesus, and he quoted Martin Luther uh, King and said that. where justice is threatened anywhere, where injustice happens anywhere, justice is threatened everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I misquoted that, mm-hmm. but it was basically, it's so true. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, wherever there's injustice, justice is threatened everywhere. Yeah. And um, But Thomas, you know, you're a little bit older than I am. I'm not going to reveal his <laughs> age, okay? I do know his age. I'm very proud of my age. <laughs> his beard is all white. You should see his beard, beard right now. I'm beard. What, it's awesome. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I was born in 65, okay. and so I know you were born before that. We'll mm-hmm. keep that under wraps. And, uh, but, brother, you grew up in an interesting time in, in the world. Yeah. I mean, you you remember uh, probably more than I do. You know, I was, I was in the sixth grade when Martin Luther King was assassinated. Mm. Uh, so I was a child. There's a lot that I didn't understand sure. at the time. Uh, I remember going to the movie. Uh, and, and the black people have to sit upstairs, and the white people would oh, come downstairs. Oh, come on. Yeah. Seriously? I was in the fifth grade when I, uh, when, the, when I went to my first desegregated school. Wow. Um, I'm in the fifth grade. And um, I, yeah, I, I, was, very, I was really young uh, during the civil rights movement. Um, Okay. I don't know what to say. No, no, that was really interesting. I mean, again, it, it just to me, you know, you said a few minutes ago that you realize that f- folks, well, let me put it this way. Uh, you said a few minutes ago that there's been two uh, ladies or women mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and, and women. Exactly. <laughs> two angry women in golf carts. And avoid yeah. women in golf carts, especially <laughs> white women in golf carts. But, you know, you, you just 
there you could see just kind of an anger that could well up that yeah. but i i i understand because mm-hmm. i think that you have experienced and seen things yeah. that would kind of lean you to conclude that way yeah. And I think I see you also pressing the gospel and pressing the reality that, no, I can't go that way, yeah. that, that, you know, the gospel has got to keep your heart soft and pliable, just like it keeps my heart soft and pliable, that we have these dialogues and that we see beyond the stupidity mm-hmm. of the prejudice and the injustice yeah. and the crap mm-hmm. that, that is around there. And again, you, you've had to deal with it differently than I have, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, and I understand when I look at the protesters, I understand their anger, I understand yeah. their frustration, I understand their tenacity. I even understand a disrespect mm. um, because we're not all thugs. Sure. Um, and every time that I was stopped, that's the feeling. That's the that's the feeling that I got that they were perceiving me. Mm as a thug mm, mm. um we're not all thugs we're not we yeah <laughs> dude if anything i know about thomas brown you're far from that but man yeah. you're the coolest I mean, cat i know bro I, there's just so much i could say Joe. yeah i bet there is well listen why don't we just end it here and say i love you thomas in christ jesus you are a treasured brother of mine and thank you and you again, thank you for sharing. You Thanks for your honesty. In my life. Uh, it's it's a it's I a privilege. You. I love you too, brother. I really You're do. Valuable in my life. I need you. <laughs> well, it's mutual, bro. So <laughs> and Brooke, sometimes I text him and, uh, when I haven't heard from him in a while. I say, I need you. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Which is, which is awesome. Um, all right, and you know, hey Brooks, why don't we? Uh, you know, there's a couple other things. Why don't we just do uh, another time? I, I don't. I think uh, for us to add anything on to this right now would just feel disingenuous. I mean, I just would rather um, just kind of end and uh, let me close this in prayer. Okay. Father God, we're so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for what you have done. We're so grateful for your wisdom and creation um, that we are all image bearers. Um, <laughs> Every single human being that ever lived it reflects the incredible immensity and, and beauty of our God. And God, I thank you that I could clearly see that in Thomas and Beverly and the Brown family and, and God in Brooks and his and the Robinson family and the Jakes family. And God, I, I thank you that our God is a God of peace. And I thank you that our Savior is the Prince of Peace. And I thank you that he came that there may be peace, shalom, that will reign in Christ Jesus. We know the kingdom is here, that it's not here fully. And, and as Thomas said, our job now is to love one another. Um, our job is to show the world that we are your disciples by the way we love one another. Not by the way we argue with one another, not by the way we have to be right, not the way we have to be heard, but by the way we have to love. So God, may the love of Christ compel us because he who was rich became poor, that through his poverty that we all might become rich. And we thank you for the blood of Christ that has cleansed all of us, that unites all of us in Christ Jesus that are yours. That And God, I thank you for the beauty that you told us at the end of the story. There's going to be every tribe, tongue, nation, people, language in glory 
And you're not going to make us homogenous. And I love the fact you're not going to do it. You're going to you're going to keep Tom as beautiful as he is, and Beverly, and like I am, and and you know. But we're just going to be yours. And I pray that that high priestly prayer of Jesus is would come more and more to to fruition. That we would be one in Christ Jesus. God bless Thomas. Bless Beverly. Bless their boys. Bless their ministry. Bless his business. God, I thank you for them. Um, protect him, protect his heart. God, I pray that um, that the enemy would love for him to be angry and bitter, and he's got reason to be, but God, the gospel, may it continue to keep it soft, and me as well. God, give us wisdom. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.